Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Enough is enough. Breaking the madness in your life. Now, that's what I'm calling it, madness. You know why? Because it, y- y'all know the, the um, definition the definition of insanity. Definition of insanity simply said is this. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. So you do the same thing. It's, it's saying, I want to be better this. You stay the same, stay the same, stay the same, stay the same. Why am I better? Is insanity. You're a crazy person. That's the madness I'm talking about. What do I want for us? I don't want anybody in here crazy. Crazy for Jesus. But I, I don't want you, you know, loco en cabeza. Right? Right? I want you, I want you straight. I, I, I want you founded and grounded on the word of God to where if a little crazy tries to come in, you have the ability to go, get out. <laughs> get out. I don't need this. I got enough crazy people I live with. I don't need to worry. Do you guys follow me on this? Okay. So we're going to get into this and really get impacted. I want to stop the vicious cycle. You know, the only way we're going to um, stop, the only way we're going to be able to come into this place and say, you know what? This ain't about resolution. This is about my life. I'm changing. And I am having change. I'm having change. So we're not looking at, Resolution of 15 pounds. Resolution of extra. We're not looking at that. We're looking, I promise you, the more you transform this guarantee, oh my gosh, I could write the greatest book in the world on how to overcome any addiction. I could. It would be just a couple pages and that's it. But ultimately, it'd come down to this. You have to get to a place where you can believe what I say. And I can tell you right now, everything, everything in your Christian walk, in your lives, everything you do right now is tied to how you see yourself. Everything. 100% how you see yourself. You know, I looked up, um, just to do it, because I always do this kind of stuff, just what I do. Um, I looked up the top 10 books of uh, success, top 10 books of any billionaire, multi-billionaire that wrote a book or has information on how they believe they got where they are. In that, I can tell you right now that there are so many good keys that each of them have that pretty much line up what each other does, all right? So in other words, a successful person is going to do something that rest successful people do that unsuccessful people don't do. I mean, and you know, I don't, you don't have to use your money and go buy it. I'm just, I'm helping you right now. But I only saw two that used step number one or key number one or answer number one. All of them have great, like I said, all of them have great tools, great keys. 
And I believe in, in, in majority of everything they talk about as, as far as how do you become that person that is, and everybody will see as successful. Now, I believe I can help them and anyone else by number one, key number one. I saw this statement, I thought, that dude's got it. And it is this, number one, you have to believe you deserve to be successful. And I went, dude, you got this. I, I mean, that, that and that alone should start every single step number one, step number two, step number three. You know why? Because if you don't believe you deserve it, you won't believe anything else. Yeah, you might believe, but you won't believe. You might believe, but you won't believe. So you literally will talk yourself out of, I'm a new creation. You'll talk yourself out of, I'm a child of God. You'll talk yourself out of, I'm empowered. You'll talk yourself out of, I'm healed. You'll talk yourself out of, I'm proud. You'll talk yourself out of it. Why? Because you don't believe you deserve it. And until you believe, see, this is the con of the world. They want you to believe color of skin, what geography you were born in. I'm telling you right now, what family, what neighborhood. They want you to believe that, no, you can't. Do you guys understand that everybody starts off from their mother's womb? You're not born, whoop, South Phoenix there. Buckeye. No, you're, no, no. See, that's the problem. We've allowed the world, we've allowed the system, we've allowed people to dictate who I am. And I get it. We all have been brought up in places that were just, just off, wrong. But I don't believe my parents had me and said, you know what? We really need to screw his life up. Right? I believe with everything within me, took me a while to understand this, that they did the very best they could. But without the word of God and without, without this spiritual understanding of, of, of his way of life, their best is always gonna mess you up. It's going to. Now, some people, you know, they, they've get, they get a lot more of you can be successful because that's their life. But majority of people aren't that way. We're talking about the very few that, that have that type of life. But that doesn't mean it's a good one. We already know that. When you see millionaires and actors and actresses and, and mega athletes killing themselves or overdosing or, you know, whatever, that money doesn't make that. So what we do is, is we take this information. We go, okay, it starts with this identification. It's the key. That's what it starts with. See, I, I, I need you. I want you. I'm believing for you to get this. To where you're going to wake up in the morning and go, yep, I deserve it. See, religion hates when I get up and say, I deserve to be a child of God. Religion hates that. 
Because they want you to think of, no, you don't. You're a sinner. You're, you were this. This is how terrible you were. You were this. No, this is what I know. That when I was in the worst position I could ever be in concerning the relationship with God, there's no worse position. It was complete separation from the Father. He sent Jesus to die for me in that position. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. Why? Because Jesus did what he did. And I will never cheapen that. By me saying I deserve that is only building up my Lord and Savior. It's only lifting him up because what he did for me was not a cheap act. What he did for me was not this, this simple thing. What he did for me was the greatest thing, the most powerful thing that we will ever, ever, ever understand or know. But he did do it for me. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. I deserve it. So how do I now look at these words? I look at them like, bring them to me. It's me. It's part of me. It what belongs to me. What does scripture tell us to do? It tells us to believe this way. To, to live a life this way. It's not an arrogant life. It's a right way of living. It doesn't make you more prideful. What God's word, walking God's word, he's not going to violate it. So why would he teach us these things and say, but guess what? When you know these things, you're going to become very prideful. No, pride's from, from the old nature. I'm arrogant and prideful in his word in my life. Period. And I want you to be in that position where you get up and you're like going, this, I'm owning this day. This is my day to own. Why? Because this is the day the Lord has made for me. And I will rejoice. I'm choosing to. And this is the way I'm going to live my life. And I believe that's the way you will do it too. Amen? So how do we stop this? Look at, look at life of Paul. You ready for the life of Paul? I, I love this because you're going to see something. It's just going to go, oh my gosh. How cool is the word of God? Amen? Salud. I can throw in Spanish if I want. What's a white guy talking Spanish? I ain't just a white guy. I'm a white guy that married a Mexicana from Guanabaca, Mexico. And my boys are half Irish and half Mexican. So I can speak Spanish anytime I want. So cállate. That's for anybody that needed to hear that. Now, if you want to believe that dude is pure white, go for it because I am. I am Irish, all right? But it's that family pool, okay? It's that family pool, and I don't mind it one bit, amen? Y'all understand what I'm talking about? There ain't no prejudice in this house. Let's move on. You ready? 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I, Paul speaking, I discipline my life and bring it into subjection. I Paul says this, look at this, talking to the church at Corinth, writing them a letter. I'm sure they're asking Paul, how do we overcome this? And how do we, Paul, listen, enough's enough. How do we get rid of this madness in our lives? And Paul writes back and he gives them information. And then he gets to this place. He says, I discipline my life. 
bring it into subjection. When you look at the Greek language there, it's actually very aggressive. Um, he uses terminology that, that if, I mean, if you seriously look at it, he's saying he's busting on his body with his fist. He's literally punching himself in the mouth. So when you look at that, see, he, they understood what he was saying, so they know how powerful that statement is. What I want us to do is do the same. Not punch ourselves. But what I want us to do is exactly the same thing and, and listen to him. He says, I discipline myself. I'm, I'm going to be diligent. I, I'm going to be self-disciplined in doing this in my life. I'm going to be consistent. That's what Paul says. I choose to take action. I choose to control my actions. I'm choosing to dictate to me. You haven't heard me talk about this much, but years ago, this is what I used to do aggressively more than I do now. Because through the process of being this way, I became this way. I shouldn't have to beat myself anymore because I already got it. But there are times when I got to give myself a whack, all right? I'm just telling the truth. There are times you got to go, oh, watch your mouth. Usually it's when I'm driving. But the point is, is because y'all crazy drivers out there, stinking snow drivers, that's what you are. All right, sorry. But the point is, is this. When Paul's communicating this, he's saying, listen, I'm not messing around with my life. I'm controlling it. See, you can want answers or not. You can play this religious game or you can hear me. Let me give you, a, that's a good analogy. Okay, just flipped in my head right now. Let's say you want to become this, um, this computer engineer. All right? You've seen how much they make. They make bank. And you're going, hey, that's what I want to become. And we all understand what it takes to become, you know, at that level uh, of a trade. You know, it's going to take specific types of, of schooling, university, degrees, so on and so forth. Correct? Correct or not? What are you all, just high school graduates? Come on. Right? It's going to take some work. So I go in, I invest, you know, in into the cost and start going to school. The thing is, I'm so busy in life. I've got so many things happening. You just name it, you know. I, if I'm single, it's just, you know, I got life to live. And if I'm married, you know, I got marriage. And if I got kids, I got kids. But I'm going to school. The problem is, is life is more important than school. So I don't listen good. When they say do homework, I don't do homework. When they say, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that, and that, I don't do it. It's college. I don't have to anymore. I, I'm speaking out of truth. I've done this, been there, done that, okay? It didn't help my baseball career. Let's put it that way. The point is, is I, you go to college, and you're not doing anything. Ultimately, you get through four years of college, and you finish, and, and they go, okay. We're going to get you on because, you know, you didn't learn anything, but this is this time of day, and we're going to give you a degree, especially because you don't know anything. See ya. And so I go out, and I go to the job, and I say, hire me. And they go, uh, start talking with me, and they realize he doesn't know much. 
Buddy's got a degree, so they hire me. And what happens? I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I don't. Why? I, I didn't learn. I didn't pay attention. I didn't, I didn't get into the books. I didn't study. I didn't do anything. I just got through the four years because I'm busy in life. And you know what I do? I do what all good Christians do. That's thinking college. I don't know. know. School don't do nothing. It don't work. Whoops. I know I'm talking to somebody. Because here you have the opportunity to learn by confessing and getting this information every day, but you're too busy. But all hell's going to break loose. You can go, that Christianity, that faith, that church. You can be that person that I'm showing you right now. And you know what us wise people are going to do? We're going to look at you and know you are dumb. Because we ain't playing games no more. We ain't going to be the Christian. And you, listen, you know, y'all know I've been doing this a long time. And I've heard this over and over and over. And it's so disgusting. But their life sucks. They don't do anything as far as what a mature Christian would do. But man, they want to blame the church. They want to blame what we do, don't, what don't do, and what we do do. Do, do. They want, to, they, want to look, they want to look at everybody and anybody to blame, except at their own lives. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have been there? I have. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that. I would be if I, it was my, who I am today. But been there, done that. I can help you. But if you ain't doing this, don't point fingers. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I know you don't want to hear this, but the flood's going to come. The winds are going to blow. I mean, the house is going to shake. And then, You're going to stand on what you know. Not what I know. What you know. Come on, somebody. I love you guys. Don't don't look at me like, what did I do to him? (laughs) I'm so offended. I'm, I'm getting triggered right now. I started off letting you know how much I love you. So come on, shake it off. Do this. Just think it's the other person he's talking about. And right now, he sees me as a champion. So you sit different, right? But if you're guilty, don't wear it. Change. All right? Don't wear it. Change. All right? That's all you have to do. Anybody ever play sports before? Anybody? Do you ever get yelled at? And when the players that, when the players threw a fit and got upset at being yelled at, how far did they go in sports? No, not far, did they, Tim? No. No, I came to realize and understand that the more you got yelled at, the more important you were. If anybody has gone any level, you know, I'm not talking about Little League and all the little sports where everybody's great. I'm talking about real life sports where you can get cut, where you can be benched. You know what I'm saying? It's called life and it's true, real sports. That's all I'm saying. 
And the point is, is when you're not getting information to help you be better, there's an assumption that it ain't gonna happen. And that's a fact. You see, as you go higher in sports, the pool becomes wider and wider. At junior high, elementary, high school, all of a sudden the pool, what happened? Well, because that person didn't go to my junior high. Who's this person? This person didn't move in the state last year. Oh, interesting. And then from there, high school goes to, you know, college, university, or whatever. And all of a sudden, the pool comes bigger and bigger. And then as the higher universities, uh-oh, the pool is no longer everybody. It's the best. And now they're all together. And the best are together, but they're not all the best. And then it goes even higher. And that is what the picture of what life is recognized as. So what are we to do? We're to do what we should be doing. Play to win. Not on God's term, not on yours. Paul said, I play to win. Hear Paul saying, look at me. Look at me. I discipline my body. I'm, I'm in command. Y'all got that? Everybody say, great Paul. Say it again. Not great, Scott. Great Paul. I'm re- Y'all know I'm setting you up, right? Because <laughs> usually that's what I'm doing. Let's move right on. Because I want you to learn. I love seeing this. I love seeing how awesome the Apostle Paul is. I like letting you know what he knows. I like you to see him in championship form. To where we look at Paul, we go, I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Paul, man. Paul is the man. Because what are we looking at? We're looking at end result. We're looking at championship form. Let's go back to junior high. Romans 7.15. Ready? I don't understand my own actions. For, For I do, I don't do what I want to do, but I do everything I hate to do. I can't stand myself. Why can't I follow through with any? Who is that? Paul, is that Paul? You ain't great, Paul. You're scaring me. There's a time in Paul's life when Paul wasn't talking to himself. There was a time in Paul, great Paul. Did we not say great Paul? There was a time in great Paul's life when he wasn't all that in a position where shut up, body, do what you're told to do. There was a time when he was going, what, body? I can't, but I want to. No, he won't do it. No, he won't do it. I want to do it. No, don't do it. I won't do it then. Schizophrenic. That was Paul. How do we get out of the madness? You can't tell me this person is, 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 is they got their act together. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do that I hate, oh, I do those things. Am I talking to someone in here right now? Are you guys hearing this? When I read that, I like going, ah, champion buddy. Thank you, Father. The Father sits there and says, you know what? I'm going to lay out this word through my son. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word just, just so beautiful shows us all the 
ugly and all the great. And then he says to us, come on, you can do this. Because I can tell you right now, there's many in you in here right now. You want to do good? You're not. And the things you won't, don't want to do, oh, you doing it. But you don't want to. Come on. See, this is the thing we have to realize. The word of God is going to help us. Well, how did Paul get to this place in Corinthians where he's going, I own my life. I control it. He was at the place where he was in a position of, I don't really understand this. I'm in a position where this, this nature and this battle is something I need to overcome. And what does he do? He grows in the understanding. He grows in the understanding. He grows in the understanding. And as this word keeps coming alive in him, as he starts seeing, he was looking, he was pulling back. And, you know, I was, I was of the Pharisees and scribes, and I used to kill Christians. And, oh, I got to stop that. How could God use me? I used to be, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Jesus called me. Jesus called me. And then the word keeps coming. The word keeps coming. And pretty soon, he ain't looking about his past anymore because he starts saying, you know what? I'm not going to look at my past no more. Tell him, I'll tell you right now, he did. There was a time he did. There was a time he did. And then he said, I'm not talking about Jesus right now. I'm talking about Paul. He murdered, killed Christians. He was ultra high level of religion. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man that became a great apostle. No one greater in the position of an apostle as Paul. No one. The revelation that he gave us is beyond, beyond. But I would need you to bring it to the realization of truth. And that is, he had to walk the walk just like we do. We have to do the same thing. He did it, we do it. And as he took this word in, he kept believing and took it in. Don't tell me he just said, oh yeah, I agree, I agree. It was fighting all the time. That's why he talked about the warfare of faith. He talks about the struggle. He talks about the, 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 the attitude of that old nature and new nature, that they're always at war with each other. Where's he getting that from? Well, he's got a perfect life. The Lord's just showing him. No, it's not. He's speaking out of what the Lord is revealing and what he's lived. Are you guys getting this? I want you to get this. Isn't that awesome? He's talking about his own inconsistency right there. His understanding was tied to his understanding. That's why he was in a dilemma. See, when we get out of our understanding, I'm talking about our past training. When we get out of that is then and only then when we can fly higher, where we can go beyond, beyond. Amen? Y'all getting this? Anybody learning anything right now? All right. Let's move. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust, bata, is the Hebrew word, which is very interesting because it literally means feel safe, be confident, secure. And, and the analogy in the, in the root word of it, it literally means to be stretched out tight. Now you look at it and go, how in, that in the world is that confident? Well, if you look at an anchor, anybody ever been on a boat and had to use an anchor before? Okay. So when that anchor drops and the line is loose, 
You're not secure yet, are you? No. When that anchor is tight, you know that boat's secure. I'll get more into that just to show you this. All right. He says, don't trust, don't put confidence in your, your belief system, your understanding, but to trust God, trust in the Lord, lean on, put all your weight on him and he's going to direct your life. Okay. So it's very clear what we should be doing. We shouldn't rely on us in the sense of what I know, what I feel, especially when it gets to emotions. Listen, emotions were never given to you to, be, to lead you. Do you understand that? Do you know most of this earth is, is led by emotion? I promise you, you be led by emotion, your life is... It, it, it's terrible. You can't even keep a relationship because emotionally, oh, I love you. Oh, I hate you. Why? Because it's emotion. Emotions were only created to be felt. That's it. That's a freebie, by the way. I know it's deep, but it's a fact. Don't be led by your emotions. Let's go to the book of wisdom. You ready? Some Proverbs. How about some Proverbs? Anybody want some Proverbs? All right, go to the end, sluggard. I mean, let's go to the end. <laughs> Proverbs 6.6, 6, go to the end, you sluggard. <laughs> uh, the Greek word, I mean, the Hebrew word means lazy or idle, and it's a reference to having no discipline, okay? So he says, go to the end, you sluggard, or you lazy, or you non-disciplined in life person. Y'all got that? What did he say? Give up, lazy guy. Is that what he said? No. Did he say quit while you're not ahead? Is that what he said? Did God reveal to us in this word right now, out now call you a lazy fool, sluggard, and say, there's no hope for you. Is that what you guys read? No, what I read is, is he's speaking to certain people that they've already dictated and show the fruit of their life is, is I'm going to be a lazy boy. And what does he say? He says, go to the end. He's saying, I, I, I'm going to give you an answer to help you. He said, go to the end. Consider them. That means observe, examine, consider how they're operating in life. Go to the end. In her ways, notice it says a her. I thought that was interesting. God calls ants hers, and then he's talking about wisdom and operating life correctly. There must be a mistranslation there. No, I'm just kidding. Just playing. In her ways and be wise. Consider the ant in her ways and be wise. Consider the ant in her ways and be wise. What's he saying? He's saying, you can turn this around. See what I said about the word? I'm telling you people, no matter, the word's going to go. It's going to step on your toe. It's going to prick a nerve. <laughs> but I promise you, that is not to hurt you. That is not to make you feel like a loser. All God's doing is, is straighten up. Straighten up. Now, if you need a step on the foot where you're at in life, 
then get that foot out there. If it needs to be a nerve to be struck, then get the nerve open. Man, get your, rip some skin out and get that nerve open. No, don't do that. You see what I'm saying? Quit running from discipline. Quit it. It's the word of God. You come here and you hear something, it's like giving you little spankies. Can I tell you something? If you honestly are hearing this, you're hearing something and you feel like you got the bada on your pumpy. You got spanked on the butt. That's what I just said. That's an interpretation of Spanish, all right? And you feel like, <laughs> I want you right now to look up in heaven and say, Father, thank you for loving me so much. Because he says, whom he loves, he spanks. That's why the first thing I do, I get up in the morning, go spank me, Lord. <laughs> I love you. Believe me, I have so many spankings. I, I do, and, and I deserve a lot of them. You know, I'm not perfect. I would love to say, man, I am that close to it, but no, no, it's not true. Now, do I know the word of God? Oh, yeah, I do. Do I, am I, do I, do I understand these? Rep- oh, yeah, I do. But if, I'm, if you want to know by lengthwise, I'm far from perfect. I got a lot of changes that need to take place in my life. But guess what? So did Paul, so did Peter, so did James, so did John. So did, I mean, you can just name them off except Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Y'all with me? All right. Let's go to... Um, Proverbs 10, 4. I don't need to go on to the ant. We'll get into the next one. Proverbs 10, 4. Lazy hands. I'm not using the term sluggard this time. Lazy hands. That's, that in the Hebrew literally means someone that's self-deceived or misled by how they believe. People that are lazy hands in Proverbs would be people that believe that society or their, their culture or their skin color... They can't make it, and they have all these reasons why, so they don't do anything. Everybody got that? They quit in life. That in the Hebrew is who we're talking about right now. So it's probably a friend you know or a relative, not you, right? Ready? Lazy hands make a person poor. No duh. Right? That's a fact. Now look at this. But being diligent. Having diligent hands, that means a life that's self-disciplined. A diligent life is what? They produce wealth. Fact. And guarantee, read the, yeah, I don't, you don't have to buy them. I'll just tell you how to be successful. That's one of the keys in most every book. These guys don't wake up, oh, 11 o'clock, I'm just going to stay up late. They are diligent in their life. Every second matters. I try to help my boys on the Senate. I try to help anybody I can. Time is money. If you don't see it that way, you'll continue to waste it away. It'll stop you from telling it will. Once you start seeing it and realizing, wait a minute, what could I be doing in my life right now? Oh, man. What couldn't you do? Sky's a limit. Sky's a limit. I said, sky's a limit. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities out there. 
I mean, in this day and age, technology has made everything right on a click. Technology, information. And we get some, some of the, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom because you're raising kids, man. Start learning how to rebuild carburetors. You can help the home real good. It's on you. Come on now. You can learn anything. Let's move on. Proverbs 12, 24, diligent hands. That's, uh, again, we're talking about people that are, are self-disciplined. They're consistent. They will rule. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slave labor. Very simple. I like this because everything in here is not dictating. It's speaking a truth, but the expectation is change. Don't be that. That's it, change. And, and we're not talking about being insane, right, people? So we're not just talking about, oh, yeah, you know, that's what I need to do. And you don't do it. And then you're asking why things aren't better. Okay? We're not that person. We're stopping the madness. Enough is enough. Y'all with me? Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent. Look at that. The plans of the diligent being consistent. You're determined. Your resolve not to quit no matter what will lead to profit as surely as trying to get things fast, trying to get things quick will lead to poverty. When you are looking for the quick way or the easy way, you don't become successful. Success is a hard path, but it's a path you can do. I will not, I will... I will always say that to everybody in here. Y'all can be highly successful, but it's up to you to believe it. If you don't believe it, it ain't gonna happen. But I, I promise you, you got someone on your team if you'd allow it and say, well, no one else believes, but man, Pastor Dan, he really does. All you need is me. Why? Because when two, you and me, agree I'm sure you can find a third because it says two or three. Oh, guess what? We can. Jesus, because he agrees. So me, you, and Jesus, when we come in agreement, two or three agree is touching anything, it shall be done for them. All I need is one person agreeing with me. I know Jesus is like going, let's go, son. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm the one that hinders Jesus. I'm the one that, that'll sabotage. I'm the one that'll drag. <laughs> the Lord is like going, no, we can do this. Let's go, let's go. You got this, you got this. Self-discipline is what we have to pay attention to. Self-discipline is... Not something you have to go and do, you know, a multi-book study. It's disciplining you. I'm just not self-disciplined. I'm not self-motivated. Do you understand what you're even saying? <laughs> you, what you're saying, honestly, is you're trying to rationalize the words you're saying have total different meaning, which is crazy. Self-discipline. Self, meaning me, myself, and I, all three of us, have to what? Be diligent. Do the right thing. 
listen to this. This is psychology proven in studies. Self-discipline leads to self-confidence, high self-esteem, inner strength, inner peace, happiness, and satisfaction in life. You want any of that? Anybody want some of that? I know I do. Well, what does it take? Self-discipline. That's it. I'm disciplining self. Paul says, I tell myself what to do. Self-discipline. I'm self-disciplining me. Right? Now, it would be awesome if if it said, success is tied to spouse discipline. Your spouse will discipline you. But you know what? That's nowhere in the scripture. So quit it. Quit it. That's not your calling. Look to self. Oh, aunt. <laughs> Amen. Are you guys with me? Am I scaring you with the loud noises? I'm just trying to wake a couple of you up. That's all. I figure just go, ah, it's going to wake. What? What do you, what? Yo, say man. Yeah, that's usually what they talk like, too. The ones that sleep, that's how they sound. Moving right along. On the other hand, lack of self-discipline. Listen to this. You ready for this? Now, right now, all right, say this after me. I am self-disciplined. All right, now let's talk about this crazy pool. Those that are not self-disciplined leads to failure, loss, health problems, relationship problems, obesity, and other troubles in life. Proven. Good thing we said we're self-disciplined, right? Because they ain't talking about me. I don't want any statistic talking about me unless it's success. 99.9% will fail, but that one little sliver, that's me. You guys see what I'm saying? I'm just going to be that. I choose to be that. I discipline myself to be that way. Now, how is this going to help you? Man, this is what Monday's all about. See, once you start realizing this, you start going to the place where, you know what, I, I, I didn't really do as good as I could in college or the trade school or whatever. I didn't really, really accomplish what I know I can right now. And God's going, good man or good woman. That's right. But with me, all things are possible. Then you're connecting into the supernatural wisdom of God to where people with higher degrees, more degrees are looking at you and they're going, oh my gosh, how do you know those things? Cool. No, you, <laughs> you say, you do what? You say, because I, I, I'm tapped in to some higher level of truth. Now I go, don't worry about it. They ain't going to get it. Now, Some's going to start realizing there's something different about you. And that's when that door opens. But don't you dare start throwing that Christianese garbage at people. Start being religious. And, you know, if you don't, you're going to go to hell. And, you know, don't, don't do dumb. The Bible says live life openly. But the open life you live is your character. Are you a man or a woman of integrity? That is going to get everybody pulled to you like you're awesome because they know you ain't just a lying fool. You know, they know you're someone who cares. 
They don't know why. They don't know what is it about you. But guess what? You are a magnet. You are a light. And that bug is going to come crashing into you. Just like I went crashing into that person that was open testimony of Jesus to me. Just know what I'm saying. Just understand it. You don't have to go preach it, people. And if you are, stop it now. Stop it. You don't need to. Your greatest testimony is your story. It is. It's your story. Paul's telling people, I got to change. And the way I'm going to change from the things I don't want to do, I do, to the place where I'm at a position where I, I, I dictate to myself, what did he have to do? He had to submit to Pastor Dan's 31 Confessions. You might be thinking, I'm kidding. I'm not, except Pastor Dan. Because the 31 Confessions are pretty much most of his, what God gave him. I'm just using my name because I'm the one doing it in the year 2024, the year advancement. But y'all know I didn't write it, right? Okay. Right? Okay. I know. Well, one book, Daniel, but the other ones, no. Are you guys hearing this? Are you receiving anything? Are you getting anything? It's good to come to church, huh? We ain't gathering together to do a, you know, look at me, God, I'm in church. Give me a brownie button. We're coming in here recognizing responsibility. We're like going, I'm coming in here because my life matters this week. And I need something. I need something that's going to help me with that fool that I work with. That's right. Y'all know I'm talking to that person. You know what fool I'm talking about. We're not naming names. (laughs) And they're at their church talking about you. (laughs) Who knows? Moving right along. (laughs) Ready? So his transformation is the word of God. All right. Now, when I was showing you some of the Greek translation connections, it's tied to the understanding of an anchor, right? How many have, have anybody in here that they don't, you don't have a clue what an anchor is? All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Y'all know what a boat is, right? <laughs> I'm going to job. I want to help you here. You have a boat, it can be just a junker, old, aluminum, 80-year-old boat. As long as it doesn't have holes, it's going to float, right? Or it could be a yacht, a multi-hundred million dollar yacht, right? Both a boat, a ship, correct? They both float on the water, right? But both of them operate on the same understanding and principle of boat life. And that is this. They have no foundation. The only foundation they have is called an anchor. I don't care if it's a a billion dollar aircraft carrier. If it's going to stop and stay in one place, it demands an anchor. Right? What's a demand? An anchor. Otherwise, it'll float and go wherever. Now, if it's propelled, self-propelled, whatever, that's good. It'll go in the direction it needs to. 
but ultimately it's got to have some other power directing it, but it can't stay in one place without an anchor. Follow me? It's got to have an anchor. Now, in understanding that, this is a biblical truth and a biblical principle. This is what an anchor is. It's reliable, secure support. Number two, it's something that holds an object firmly. Number three, anything that gives stability and security would be called an anchor. Number four, are you guys writing this down? Because I'm having a test. No, I'm just kidding. Number four, it prevents wandering or moving away. Number five, it brings things to rest. Now, I gave you a natural understanding of an anchor, and every single one of them is 100% a biblical truth. 100%. See, the Bible's gonna show you clearly what an anchor does for your life. But let me ask you something. Is an anchor all you need? If you say no, I'm gonna ask you, give me the answer then. If you say yes, you wrong. So what are you gonna do? It's a big dilemma right now. Is an anchor all you need? Why? I just told you what an anchor does. Why isn't it? Oh, you wanna know though, huh? But you know it's no, right? Because I gave you the answer. But you do know it's no, right? But you're, are you trying to figure it out right now? Or are you just like going, I ain't doing nothing. I'm waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> you're my pastor. You're my spiritual papa. You do it. Tell me. Anybody want to take a guess? Because we're all afraid to get the wrong answer. I won't. What is your guess, young man? Yeah. What? God. Dude, that is, honestly, that's a spiritual truth. You got it. But... That he is honestly, what he said was right. And I don't know why none of you even said what he said. Are you even born again? He's like throwing out, you know, Jesus' words, and you're like going. Trying to get into the area of you know, mathematics and fifth dimensions, fourth dimensions. Anybody get freaked out on the fourth dimension talk on that thing? Man, I had a weird dream on that. It was weird. All right, moving right along. You waiting for the answer? Part two next week. Now I got a few more minutes. All right. An anchor will not work, and I am 100%, 100% in complete understanding of this truth. Because there have been many times on my boat that I threw the anchor out and I kept going. You know why? Because an anchor needs a rock. Throw it on sand, you're moving. An anchor needs a rock. How many of you are going, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Just already, be smart, go, yeah, it's me. Just me. I don't want to show you up, Pastor. An anchor needs to be able to get hold of a foundation. Now follow me. An anchor is mandatory. It's required for all these benefits. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't drop that anchor of your life to the word of God and you drop your anchor of life 
out there for the world, for the different things in the society that we live in, the emotions, the realm of, of, of people's viewpoints and opinions. That's what you're connected to. But when you drop that anchor, your life, onto a rock, that's when you get secure, support, uh, stability, uh, bring things to rest, prevents wandering, moving away into wacko land. Why? Because my anchor was dropped and it landed on a rock. Are you guys getting anything? So now you know the answer to that question. And if anybody ever asks you about anchor, if a person with a degree in anchorology ask you the question, you're going to throw out, dude, you need a rock, man. And they're going to look at you and go, where did you go to school? You guys got this? Hebrews 6, 17, I end right here. God also bound himself with an oath. I'm going to have to break a little bit of this down, so hang with me. He just talked about, before he said this, he said, men come together and make covenant. But they never make covenant, I promise, by me, I won't do this. They covenant with something higher. I swear to God I won't. I swear on my mama's life, right? No one covenant with, I, with me. They always have to go to a higher level, correct? Isn't that true? All right. So in that, then God goes this way. He says this. God also bound himself with an oath. He goes, people do it, but they also break it. Right? Can someone make a covenant or oath with you and lie? Yeah, 100%. Now watch what God says. God bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promises could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Come on, follow me on this. God bound himself. He made a covenant. He made a promise. He made an oath. We're on the outside looking at that toward us. And now I'm going, oh, he, he's unchangeable. I'm secure in that. God can't promise or, or say, I promise to uh, me. That's what God has to do. I promise to me because he's God. No, really, I swear to God, that's me. Are you guys getting this? Watch this. So God has given both his promise, his promises, and his oath. He, 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 both of these, now watch this. And these two things are unchangeable. His promises and his oath that he made are unchangeable. Why? Because it is impossible for God to lie. Not he chooses not to. It's impossible. God can't lie. Follow me. Therefore, because he can't lie, and he's promised us with an oath, therefore, we have run to God, can have great confidence, not just confidence. He says, great confidence. When you get up in the morning and you go and you pull up that confession, 
Great confidence running in your life right now. Great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. What is that confidence expectation? What are you getting up today and hearing? What is your word? What is your belief? Get hold of that. And he says, we have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls. You want to know how to deal with your life? You want to know? You live in life right now in your soul, your emotions. This, this area where your mind, your will, choices, that's what you're living life on. And God now says, oh man, we're going to bring an anchor in. We'll get this anchor of my covenant, the anchor of my oath, the anchor of, uh, of what I say is true, and I don't lie. You are able to anchor on the rock of my word. Are you hearing me? He is an anchor to your souls. What's your answer? I just said it. This is your answer. This is so the madness stops now. Enough is enough. You ain't going through life going, okay, what's ABCs of how to do this? What's the one, two, threes of this? And how do we keep my resolutions 99 ways? No, no, not you. You know why? Because you know who you are. You understand your identity. You understand that you're a new creation. You understand that you are a child of God. Your home is his home. Your family is his family. And now you get this and you're realizing, wait a minute, this is something new. I am learning new things about who I am. And as you get those things and roll them around in you and meditate on them, you, I promise you, I've been there, done that. You're going to continue to say these things, believe these things, speak these things. They're going to start. It's what a seed does. Once it gets to that ground and you believe it, it's going to produce. It's going to keep the weeds out. Keep the negative things out of it. When something comes and says, you think you're born again? No, I know I'm born again. Well, you think you're a child of God? I know I'm a child of God. Great confidence. We'll close with that. Did you learn anything? I know I did. Man, I just love this stuff. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.